the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Vegas 61 Recap. Answering listener questions in the live chat and recapping MMA in the last two weeks. Let's go. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. Dark night. It's a dark night. What is going on, everybody? It's Dan Tom here from MA Junkie, as well as the Action Network. But on this year's program, the Protect Your Neck podcast. We break down high-level MMA, and that's what we're going to do here today in a different way. Not an official breakdown show. we got UFC next week, but I missed a week last week. Didn't want to leave you guys hanging on a week off, so we're going to recap uh, the last couple Bellators of the last UFC. I did post plays, as you can see, on my handle that I always have posted here, at DanTomMMA. I'm not muted either. Thanks for the reminder, Ghost. Hopefully... Uh, you know, uh, hopefully uh, you guys uh, are hearing me okay, because I, I double-checked that this time. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, as, as per usual, I usually post my picks and plays on Twitter. Uh, on Fight Day, of course, I have Fight Day content from, you know, the occasional uh, prop squad appearance to the normal quick picks and prognostication pieces. So I want to let those breathe a little bit and get those out there and, of course, reward the hardcores who joined me Every Thursday afternoon, I know the time has been jumpy with my training schedule, uh, but rewards you guys for being here live with, you know, where I'm leaning, the early tidbits, and so on and so forth. A lot of you guys, a lot of you uh, long-time listeners can kind of smell smell where I'm going on a lot of these things, too. You get to know Dan Tom and my biases, because again, we all, we all got them. We all got them. So, um, it's just going to be a light... Uh, <laughs> Light load, uh, light episode today. Um, got my, my, my coffee here. Uh, just just beat down, trained to to death. Trying to get over this. Uh, trying to get into the one seventies comfortably, and I'm like on this plateau. I was uh, since I missed the podcast last week. Um, yeah, I just wasn't wasn't well like the week before, and uh, non COVID related. You know, tested and did my due diligence there and all that, but. Uh, I had like this leftover lung stuff like I was trying to wrestle and it felt like my lungs were just pouring with water. So um yeah, that was not that was uh that was not that was not uh that was not fun. So it was just a uh, pleurisy, which is just like lung inflammation that can be left over. You get a cold or flu or stuff like that. Um and it, it's improving, which is good. Um it's training my my butt off. I think it's halfway through day 4. This week, and I've gotten eight sessions in already. So, um, two a days, three a days, one one a day. Um, but uh, but yeah, gonna try to sp- spot tonight. We'll see. I'm a little backed up. I'm fucking tired. I want to like see if I can nap or something. So we'll we'll get through this. Pop your questions below. All right. Hey, made my man Alvin Yakatori in the house. MMA is a paradox in itself, he says. When fighters display violence in the cage, they are really trying to convey mankind's courage to conquer themselves, to overcome prejudice and adversity. Sometimes it's also a therapy session in there. Uh, but yes, yes, it's very poetic, very deep there, Alan, but appreciate it, sir. And yeah, 
psychologically, a, a lot of that, can, a lot of that can be. We're talking about fight psychology a lot lately, on a personal note, and how it kind of <clears throat> permeates. And um, yeah, a, a lot of it comes down to some psychology of, of proving the things to yourself, to others, uh, whatever it may be. The proverbial chip on the shoulder that we refer to fighters often having and needing. It's not. A jab at them, and at least it shouldn't be. Sometimes it is used to jab at them, their sensitivity, uh, the chips on their shoulders. These are things that are needed. These are things that are expected, and um, kind of uh, psychologically congruent there with my man Alvin's statement. We got Jin Karasu in the chat. Jin says, you picked Dern last week. You did great analysis, but I think that Xiao Nan winning is great. I do too. We'll definitely get to that. Since we know the UFC tried to set Dern up, Jin says, with someone who is normally not good on the ground. Yeah, it, it felt like that. And, you know, perhaps I was fighting my bias, but we're definitely going to uh, jump in uh, jump in here. The next question is about um, my training, which I was just on. But I let's start with the important stuff, which means not me. But we'll definitely get to that, and I'll update you guys there um, on what I can, I guess. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, let's let's get into this. Uh, as I, I'm going to share the link to go live, but we'll we'll get into Dern and Zhao now. Why don't we get into that now? As Jin brings it up, and I'll roll down and get the rest of you guys. If you guys want to pile in, appreciate it. Like and subscribe while you're at it. While uh, while my behind um, shares this video out to the uh, general public. Um, also, I know I believe Cage Warriors has some fights going on this weekend. If you guys want to. Let me know if there's any MMA worthwhile, at least to you know that you'll be watching, or even if not MMA, let me know what you're doing uh, this weekend. How do you guys? That's actually much more interesting to me, to be honest, is to hear how you guys spend your um, non MMA weekends or non not MMA but non UFC mainstream MMA weekends. You know what I mean? All respect, all respect to them. But, uh, let me get this shared here. And again, like and subscribe. Appreciate that, guys. Going to share this now, and we will roll on with the recap and get on with this show. Ooh, hello. There we go. All right, coming or joining the convo here. No typos. What do you know? All right, folks. So, UFC Vegas 61, which was uh, Dern versus Yonan. Uh, Dern, the person whom this card was built around, uh, was defeated by unanimous decision. Uh, majority decision, sorry, 48, 47, 48, uh, 47, and 47, 47, which I believe was turned in by Mike Bell. So shouts to Mike Bell, um, who's, you know, sometimes, uh, I don't know if it's, you know, obviously going to be contrarian, He's, everyone, everyone's trying to do a great job, and it's a really tough job to do, right? Uh, you know, uh, I feel like I've seen him go rogue in some other ways, perhaps. But one of the ways that I do like uh, that he does go rogue more statistically than other judges, a stat courtesy of Couchside Judges host, co-host there with Dan Urban, that is Scott Fontan, a great follow on Twitter, by the way. He's been a guest on here before. Um, and he tracks a lot of interesting stats. I believe he's going to, hopefully, I don't know. I don't want to... Uh, Make a promise, and because uh, it's, it's it's an extra task. But as a listener of the Couchside Judges, uh, hopefully Scott's going to be uh, busting out some new cool stats here as far as judge tracking. 
Um, but yeah, Mike Bell tends to go 10-8, so uh, we'll talk about that round, but I definitely am not one to hate judges uh, or, or people in general going 10-8, much less for grappling-based rounds. You know how um, that bias tends to be. Again, it's not an intentional bias. It's not like judges are being told to uh, go out there and say, grade the striking over the grappling, though I've heard people in educated positions ought to know better describe it that way, which I don't feel is correct. It's effective striking and grappling um, in defense of the judges and in attempt to try and subjectively, uh, speculatively answer the question as far as to why we see the bias more towards striking. Well, again, it's, 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 it's easier to grade than grappling. It's a little more visual, right? And then dissecting the striking further, as we tend to do on this program, uh, as far as the three different levels, legs, body, and head. Um, it, body first, then legs, and then or head first, then legs, and then body last, right? As far as what's being graded. And again, it's not because judges are evil and are twiddling their mustache and say, we're going to fuck over body work just to piss Dan Tom off. Uh, though it can feel that way. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, that, that's not why. It's just... My simple ex speculative explanation would be just the common sense one, right? Occam's razor, if you will. Uh, the simplest explanation: it's it's head head headshots are a little easier to grade and see, uh, even though those of us who know <laughs> fear the body. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say to that. So yeah, yeah, long explanation, but uh, I definitely don't. Uh, and I'll try to go sweep through some of your guys' uh, questions on this fight or any other fight. Plug them in the chat, like and subscribe. Um, yeah, I'm definitely not going to ra uh, rake anybody over the coals. Of course, the two rounds in question for 10-8s were the two rounds that you could and should, obviously, which were clear Dern rounds. Uh, clear being the operative word there, right, for uh, the common sense test, which isn't written in the criteria, but there is the whole common sense test is, does this round, okay, maybe we can argue whether it's a 10-8 or not, but then if we do the common sense test and go, is this like a normal 10-9 round? Like, no, there's not even, like, an argument for who won the round. Rounds, what was it, two and five off the top of my head. Forgive me uh, if I'm wrong there. Uh, we're during rounds. Um, so uh, by the common sense test, you know, you could say they're both 10-8s. Personally, personally, it's tough. I wasn't watching live, so I watched on the rewatch with the knowledge of knowing the rounds, right? Um even though I'm more of a 10-8 guy and more of let's let's make sure we're, we're, we're grading the grappling here, um, they weren't home run 10-8s for me neither round, to be honest. Uh, I probably lean more toward Mike Bell's side as far as if one of them was going to be a 10-8 round, we would give uh, round five. That's I probably would have had the 47-47. I probably would have had the draw score, to be honest. I was not mad that Yan won, back to Jin's comment. Uh, I'm happy that Yan Xiaonan won. Um, you know, uh, she worked hard. She's shown a, a ton of progression, um, more progression than, than Dern has, right? Again, I, I was saying I was picking Dern, but if she wasn't able to get the submission, like I said in my video breakdown for this fight, um, none of us should be surprised. And specifically citing, and that's another reason why I want to do the podcast, because uh, everyone like outside of John Anik, shouts to John Anik. I know John Anik was, was firing from the hip. Like he was, uh, you know, like he was uh, having some of Grandpa's old cough medicine or something, and he was just letting him fly. That's not John Anik, by the way. He was professional, and I think he did a fantastic job. But yeah, yeah, you know, with the testicles comment and whatnot, um, I, I know he was a he was a little self-critical as as John can be because he's just 
you know, the best are often that way, right? And John's the man, so this is no slander on him. But he, of course, uh, mentioned in the commentary that he thought Torres won because you know she, again, officially Torres did not win, Dern won. But uh, as I said in my breakdown video, lest we not forget, Dern may be one and one in her last fight, but she was thoroughly outstruck in her last two fights. She was outstruck by Tisha Torres. By the statistics, for you numbers lovers out there. And I, I had like a whole Twitter and like audio breakdowns of that fight after as far as just like... And, and I heard my... And I've heard a lot of uh, my colleagues in the media follow suit uh, grading fights since then because I, 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 was, I was rather vocal both privately and publicly with this as far as like... Big punch, big noise, must be big impact, win round... Uh, as opposed to actually watching what the fuck is going on. Um, which, uh, there were some of these rounds when I was watching Jan, I was just like, oh, wait, we're, we're three minutes and we're, we're either two minutes and 30 seconds or literally, you know, almost a whole two minutes into the round. And Dern has literally not landed one clean strike. Maybe a couple, like, close grazers. But, like, she would literally go a whole half round with landing a clean, without landing a clean strike. Oh, this reminds me of the Tisha Torres round one. And, and uh, you know, you know, one of uh, three rounds that, that Dern and, and many people, um, you know, uh, uh, whether they were on her or just a fan of her or, or, or what, were just like, like, yo, like, and I love Jason Perillo. And I don't, I don't blame Jason Perillo, you know. A lot of, you know... A lot of the uh, shortcomings and whatnot, like he's a striking coach and he's emphasizing her to get to the grappling. Like he is the one vocally pushing it. Like he's saying all the right things in there, you know. Um, and most of his, you know, and and it, it, Dern is probably one of the more raw fighters he's had uh, on a higher level. Um, you could argue Cheeto Vera, but Cheeto Vera did a lot of work with Colin Oyama, Team Oyama, before going over to. Perillo's and Perillo's definitely made a, a, a an impact on him, but a lot of the, the people like Cyborg, BJ, Bisping, like these were already like champions and developed fighters at the time too as well. So um, it's a, it's a different it's a different curve, and I don't I don't think Perillo should cl uh, catch too much flack for that. I, I I obviously still think he's a fantastic coach, um, but yeah, uh, as as far as the rounds go, and then I'll, I'll get to you guys' chats here. Um, I would go more toward round round five, and I could see a why round two if, if someone wanted to give a ten eight there, I I suppose. But for me, I think we we don't even McKenzie doesn't get to an omoplata sit up position until about three fifteen in the round, and it felt like it was in there a lot longer, you know, uh, live because I do I kind of watched it sporadically live I should say, but when I went to rewatch it, like the omoplata was only like thirty seconds. And credit to her, she transitions right to another submission. I believe it was a head and arm choke off a scramble. And she holds that for like another, what, 30 seconds or something like that. And then she gets to a dominant position. She does mix in some strikes, so there are some strikes in there as well. Um, the Omoplata looks closer to finishing than any of the submissions in round five, right? So by that logic, how could someone give a confident round 10-8 round and not give that? Or by that logic, you could say... They both, they both weren't 10-8s, which I'm actually fine with, believe it or not. If you just wanted to give those 10-9s to Dern because there wasn't crazy damaging strikes. It wasn't like Aljo and Jan where it's heavy elbows where they're really pinned and you have the ref moving in and or verbally warning. That, to me, um, 
garners in the 10-8 region, no matter how much duration or dominance they have. If you're making the ref think about stopping the fight, no matter what you're doing, you're doing something right. And if there is enough of a duration of damage being done to that, the ref's crowding in, whether it's a flurry against the cage or it's a mounted position, a grounded position, and the ref's having to step in, whether that's standing or on the ground, you are demonstrating enough effective damaging offense to potentially stop the fight. And again, if we we're going by the 10-7 the ruling that everybody seems to forget the most important differentiating factor, which has been threatened to be written out of the rules from North American commissions from some talks, um, if a fight is deemed that it should have been stopped, a duration and dominance don't even matter. If it should have been stopped arguably should have been stopped uh you can go 10-7 according to the criteria so yeah if a ref is threatening to stop the fight and it's close to like i don't blame anybody going 10-8 but we didn't get those moments uh really in round um two or five uh i i i would for anybody that would give a round two a 10-8 again no no shade no disrespect uh more props than anything but but again um back to the almost like the buggy choke, right? Uh, Shouts to Laura Sanko. I think she, she posted a breakdown on this. I feel like not only... We did the overcompensating, right? We, we, we tried to go away from lay and pay, pray to effective damaging, and we got on this like kick like last year, and it's still being sorted out to this year, where people are like, again, almost overdoing the damage thing where they are discounting grappling, and we were seeing even that inconsistency amongst judges, to be fair, right? Um, and now I feel like we're going back. We're, now we're re-correcting the steering wheel again. And people who, whether they were accused or feel like they are lacking in the grappling knowledge or maybe that's not their strength or they weren't as accreditatious as I'm making up fucking upwards right now to it in the past. Um, I think what a lot of people are doing now is they're overcorrecting or going, oh, buggy choke, damaging submission or uh, omoplato. They should go to finish the fight from there. And it it did. I, I just said so. I just said myself that it looked like it was the closest ending of fight. But let me ask you this. Shouts to my MMA coach, Dennis Davis, who was just going over this in Emmy fight team practice this week. Um, we were using omoplatas to scramble out of a bad position, uh, and we weren't going for them. But we were using all the other setups that come out of them and the scrambles that they create and how to control those scrambles to your favor. Because, as we saw with Mackenzie Dern, folks, you can be Mackenzie freaking Dern, right, in, in, in that division. And... Um, it's such a low percentage submission. You know what I'm saying? It is so low percentage. Again, this is just like my rants with the spinny shit that seems to win rounds when it's just so low percentage bullshit, a lot of it. Uh, and I'm a Taekwondo fucking black belt here, folks. Uh, believe me, I, I love the spins. I'm just saying. Low percentage. Uh, especially when people are just spinning to spin and not spinning to win. And anyways, uh, neither here nor there, but Omoplata, low percentage. So, if we're going to like not just retroactively credit it, but retroactively credit these kind of submissions so much that we're going to go 10-8 on them now. It's like, you know, it's it's like uh, when I was, uh, and again, I'll, 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 I love this podcast, love those guys, Couch Side Judges. When I was talking with them about, uh, what was it, Saldana and, um, what's his name, It, um, fucking so disrespectful, uh, Sean Woodson, um, shouts to Phil McKenzie. Uh, but like, you know, it was like, you know, how much, how much, how much credit are we given that? That's, 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 it's, 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 I, I, I like, buggy chokes aren't, aren't as new as we've been saying. Like they've, they've been around, but not like been around, been around. So it's like, 
Uh, it's hard to it's hard to say like you know uh, definitively. Oh, it's low percent, but it, it, it's pretty low percentage, folks. It's it's uh, you know it. We'll 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 probably see more of them, but you know again like it, it it's just like if we're gonna be so favorable to things like that, it's just like how many fights, even not even like going past pre modern era, just like within the last five years even. How many fights are we going to have to re- retroactively go back on higher percentage, more common, more functional submissions like triangles, arm bars, still lower percentage from the guard, especially depending on what division we're talking about. But how many times have we seen those submissions not given credit for? Like, no, you didn't get it. It's not effective. Nope, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You didn't make him tap. Not effective. That person strike, that's effective. They get the round. Like, you know, you get what I'm saying here, folks? Is, is, is this point making sense? Like, but but we see something flashy, and it's almost like because we we're not sure what it is, and it's a new hip thing on the scene. It's like we're we're, we're afraid to, you know. And plus, with the way everything's going, and the climate, and the, the correcting, and the recorrecting the steering wheel, it's like we're it's like we're like over crediting now, and even grappling nuts like me, we're like you're not giving enough credit to grappling. Even I'm like, eh, could be a ten nine. So that's that's my opinion on it. Uh, Rio, you were asking about my training fight. I'm going to get back to that. Um, <laughs> as Drake Riggs would say, recapathon. It is indeed Ghost Phantom. Uh, <laughs> Ray Lamina, the Mackenzie Dern of carrying the urn, the Austin Vanderford of taking it to the board. I love it. I love it. Keep hitting me, brother. Jimmy Kudo, uh, as a representative of the Drake Riggs fan club uh, and Team Magnum, I would like to wish you a good conversation. Thank you, Jimmy. As the most positive man in the internet, Alvin Yakatori, I agree, would likely say. Yes, indeed. Uh, we got James Kendrick. How do you see a fight between Yan Zhaonan and Wei Li going? Wei Li is too much firepower and wrestling for Zhaonan. Yeah, I agree, too. Um, as good as Zhao is on the feet, I know in her post-fight she said she's not worried about anybody on the feet, but again, you watch that Marina Rodriguez fight, and I beg to differ, right? Um, I mean, again, competitive fight. I'm not saying that, you know. Props to, I mean, hard talk to Jan Betters there, took the shot, but I'm just saying. Um, yeah, Whaley, and obviously the wrestling and uh, clinch, um, because uh, she's just an offensive maelstrom. As improved as Jan's defense is, um, we've seen Whaley. She'll just go for she'll go for that heavy damage in the position to where we're, where we are either not arguing for the 10-8 or she gets the finish if she's going to get those positions. You know, um, we got a synchro wing. Does it make you angry that UFC tried to get Dern a finish by matching up with Jan? Uh, I think it was great that Jan did. I think it was great too. And yeah, I you know. Again, it's not that I wish bad on anybody, and there are, for as much as we like to, you know, uh, you know, focus on Dana White and criticize, you know, the things that are fair to criticize on more than fair. Uh, as much as I love to take shots to the matchmakers in my in my main card picks and columns, as much as the usual suspects get it, is what I'm trying to say. There are plenty of good people in that promotion, just good people like you and me who work their behinds off. And those people, I absolutely sympathize. So I'm definitely not, like, wishing, like, for promotions and, like, jobs lost or uh, fighters or personnel or personnel to be more overworked. I love me some chaos, some Project Mayhem, you know what I'm saying? But, like, you know, I I got a heart, too, you know. 
so I'm not like wishing utter chaos, but yeah. Oh, oh, are you kidding me? The the dude who's been set up in a fight before to lose and did lose, uh, you know, is set up to face a you know lightweight champion, and then your corner doesn't show up, kind of a deal, like. Believe me, when the person who's not supposed to win as the unathletic guy who's not supposed to win anything, like, oh, 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 I'd be lying if there wasn't some some satisfaction, guilty. I got to be honest about it, right, folks? So, yeah, I got both I got both sides upon me. I, I feel you. I, I liked it. I liked it. And, again, I, I just didn't like that I wasn't on it, but I'm glad that I didn't heavily invest in this fight. We'll talk about bad investments later. Of course, we went 7-5 uh, and five overall in this card. 2-2 two and two in straight plays. 1-4 in props. 0-1 oh and one in the ad. Oh, that's what did us in. If we didn't add, we would have been in the black. And 0-1 uh, oh and one in the long shot parlay and round robin because the round robin, we only hit one of four legs, which means we hit nothing. 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 Um... Rain Lamina, did you watch the one card last week? No, I did not, unfortunately, man. And, uh, it, you know, I, I, the, 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 there's some good stuff there. Um, I still got to catch up on the uh, trilogy match between uh, uh, Lee and Zhao there. But I, I, didn't, I missed it. I, I fucking missed it, man. So um, i just been busy training me, me, uh, me butt off. I'll, I'll, before I go back and get too far off... Uh, Thoughts on training on a scheduled time you are supposed to fight? You say you are fighting at 7 p.m. You think you should train at 7 p.m. to prepare. Um, yeah, that, that that stuff definitely helps. I agree. I I, I, I think it is. You know, you got to do you got to do your rehearsal uh, as much to the environment as you can make it. Um, 7 p.m. is when the sparring happens, and 7 p.m. is when the cards start. And I'm a nobody, so I would probably be toward the beginning of a card. So I love it. If it's great for me, right? Uh, headliners maybe maybe a little later, but you don't often have that luxury, right? Um, you just got to go in when the teams in to get the work and get the sparring in. Um, unless you can build your own team and pay for your own team, I I, I do not have that money or luxury. Um, but and, and most people don't, obviously. So um, I agree, and I've just been kind of training my butt off to. Uh, go with that excuse as far as why I've been watching very little MMA because it's hard to keep up with MMA as normal. Uh, it's a big topic on this podcast for years and many to and many podcasts for many people, right? Much less when you're trying to do the sport, you know? I, I always said lay off the fighters who don't watch it. Like, I get it. When, you were when I was doing it, I could not w watch it. Now I have to because it's my job. And uh, it's tough, man. Like, I was... You know, talking like I was talking with uh, my guy Oscar Willis. We were joking like I can see why people get on the sauce when they do this stuff because it's it's almost nearly impossible to get all the sessions. And um, you know, uh, I prioritize right now in the in the eight week portion of camp. Priorities are sprint, sprint, strength and conditioning, and obviously sparring, which is the number one of the three. Right? Um, you can't do more than two sprints. Uh, two strength and conditioning sessions uh, are uh, are what I want to aim for. Uh, we don't really go all out in the sprints in, in gills, but we pretty much cover almost everything else. He's an excellent strength and conditioning coach. And then, I of course, Tuesday and Thursday nights at 7 p.m. to the last question there from Rio. Uh, yeah, so that's what, six sessions and certain things you can't do on the same day. Um, uh, like sprints and strength and conditioning is just too much or even back-to-back -back sprints and strength and conditioning. So you're having to space out your day and you're running out of, days in the week there's only seven days in the week and 24 hours in the day your body can only recover so much particularly when you're 37 years old getting up to 
40 and you haven't cut weight since your 20s. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's it, you're, yeah, it's 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 tough. So, one of the days I'm going to have to, for example, spar uh, 7 p.m. to 8:30 doing the, doing that class, and then uh, tag in the sprints after. Go drive to the hill and run, run do some hill sprints in the dock. Strangers in the dark. Uh, yeah, there we go. Um, let's see. Uh, da, da, da. Kind of day off. We got Jimmy Kudo. Uh, I kind of like the day off since uh, I can relate to you, Dan. Most of the boys here train. Yep, yep. Got to get that training in. Uh, Zhao Chiu. Uh, sorry if I mispronounced that. Hey, Dan. I saw Zhang Wei Li training at Syndicate and Extreme Victoria. Yeah, I saw photos of those too. I did not see her. Do those gyms have a relationship? Uh, what are the benefits of training at different gyms like Whaley's team like to do? Uh, just convenience, you know. Vegas, there's so many uh, gyms out here, but there's also a lot of people. So you're in a lot of different coaches, so you'll find different things in different places. Um, I don't, I've never been to Syndicate, so I can't say what they have for facilities. But like, for example, Extreme Couture, it's like a super gym, right? It's like two whole buildings. It was one when I first joined back in like 07. And now it's like two. It's got its own, you know, uh, medical like rehab, uh, uh, physical therapy that I've used for my hand. Uh, in there, we got saunas, private mats, cages, the whole deal. Um, I know they have more than adequate training equipment, good coaches, good fighters at Syndicate as well. So you have plenty of fighters going there, rightfully so. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what relationship. We're all competitors, right? If you're all gyms here, but like. Um, I don't know. Extreme Couture has never been like, uh, been you know. I, I could proudly say we, you know, we've never been a part of crappy tactics. And if anybody's participated in those, they've been they've been booted out or weeded out. Um, we like to keep things professional as far as all that goes. Um, two more questions. I see a Dern Yan one around the corner, and I'll finish my thoughts on this fight and push on with the recap and get going uh kendra shield re-listening to all the fights gone by and jack slack podcast in conjunction with piyn thank you i'm in good company jack slack is the man that i appreciate that that's high that's high praise uh asher quinn yan was the opponent that dern specifically wanted but the only other people above her dern had already fought or in the title picture except andrage oh, i would love to see that fight the matchup definitely made sense yeah um, I don't know what Macy Barber's doing, but I feel like Dern and Barber should fight each other. Both girls that cost me like crucial tickets. I, I filled out my like author bio for Action Network recently, and they ask you your best bet, and they ask you your worst or most heartbreaking bet, and I couldn't d decide between like uh, it was it was probably gonna, I, I was gonna go with um, uh, Macy Barber versus uh, Miranda Maverick. But I wasn't round robining or available to round robin it then, so I wasn't just losing the bet. Whereas the Dern and Tisha, as well as which in the running, Kunahela, Soriano, and Nick Maximov, just awful decisions. Uh, even going back to rewatch, and I'm and I'm not the robber guide. I'm not using it here or using it there, or I've ever you know used it. But I'm just saying I'm a conservative guy in that sense. And even I was like, bets aside, like this is hard to defend. Um, but the, what the hurt those the most is that like you got, uh, you know, you had money line, at least with Torres, I had the money line play at plus money, the plus money by decision. Right. 
and then um, she would have closed a winning round robin that night, which would have like made for like a grand difference in at least one account and like at least half that difference in the other accounts. So that was that. That's what I ended up going with. Um, so yeah, uh, th another reason why, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm not sitting here busting out violins for. Uh, it's it's a very small violin I'm busting out for Mackenzie Dern for not getting the the judges nod there. Um, after doing my girl Tisha do uh, dirty, um, these vets man making their making their last runs and these close fights, you know. Um, and this one was not egregious and 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 whatnot or whatever, but like uh, and, and and Aldo did not help himself, you know, uh, with his low low volume. But there was still an argument that you could have scored it for him, right? Especially based on the criteria as it's written, especially. Um, it's just, oh my goodness. Now, what's the other one in Brazil? They're going to have a retirement match. Capoza freaking tweeted, like, if they set him up just to lose to a contender series guy, yeah, Shogun versus Pateria, the contender series dude, like, my goodness. That is just perfect. Wouldn't wouldn't that be perfect? Again, these matchups that I, I keep telling, they keep making them. And, and, like, I got mad when they did it to Hobocop, like, and then they're doing it to Shogun. Come on. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we got, um... Uh, disagree, Asher. This was manipulative BS. Uh, yeah, it felt more man on the manipulative side. I mean, let, let, let's be, I mean, I don't want to get sidetracked. I mean, uh, while the audience manipulation with freaking Cuckerberg, uh, Zuck the Cuck over there, uh, and I'm not like, uh, to resort to like, you know, who's your cuck? Like that, but he's, I, I definitely, you know, I don't even know a lot, and I am not the authority to speak on Mark Zuckerberg, but even the little that I know is enough to be repulsed to the guy, whether you want to talk about, um, you know, uh, Myanmar genocides, whether you want to talk about allowing terrorist cells within this country to operate and fucking take the capital and organize a bunch of hate groups and BS, unmitigated, um, the fact that everybody here watching at least has one relative that we know of that was radicalized by some Facebook group. And I'm not talking about Farmville, which was bad enough back in the day when you met the relative who just kept sending you the Farmville request. Oh, 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 oh you thought it wasn't going to get worse than that. Boy, were we wrong. I missed the Farmville days when that was the worst of the radicalizations. Or what he did to the media industry that I do work within. As far as the pivoting to video, heck, I haven't even been working media long, folks, or I'm that deep into it. And even I remember the bullshit, all the hoops, Everybody in every role had to jump through just to pivot to video and facilitate the firing and the cutting of whether actual people and expenses for this fuck the cuck zuck. Really? <laughs> fuck you, Zuck. I'll fight you, bitch. Sorry. Um, look how I'm talking. I'm I'm using bitch and cuck. I, I apologize. This following program will be using explicit language. The thoughts of Dan Tom do not reflect the thoughts. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't even, I'm not even authority. I'm not telling you how to think. I'm just saying, yeah. On top of that, that's uh, not even just throwing stones at rich guy for being rich. And, you know, or it's not, it's, it's beyond that. It's just like, what a fucking douche. And I guess, you know, part of it I think Ariel reported that it was by Dana White's doing or this or that but either way it's just like 
you know, the fighters can't see that you know, have their families there. Um, you know, uh, I don't know people's specific media contracts or jobs, but for example, me, I know I'm not a full-time employee. I'm an independent contractor like these fighters. That's why I never take time off. I hate missing things because I don't work. I don't get paid. So as much as they drown us with week-to-week content, we could use a break. Um, I don't think Dana was giving us a break out of the kindness of his hearts. Didn't affect me or my beat. Again, I'm too busy to kind of care, but I just had to get that out there. Kind of, uh, you know, yeah. Like, I would I would legit love to fight Mark Zuckerberg, and I would love to respectfully grapple Tom Hardy. I want to stay purple belt. Uh, Tom, stop sandbagging, buddy. Uh, not that I'm, I don't think I'm getting any brown belts or brown stripes anytime soon, but like, you know, I'll sandbag purple as long as I got to, Tom. Come on, buddy. Masters division, we'll run into each other. You want to get go to Vegas? Uh, let's do it. Um, anyways, uh, Jin Karasu, but ended Wells and Janel Nanwan, even though I'm not a fan of her. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy she won. And props to Team Alpha Male. You know, we, they, they've been a, a topic of conversation in this chat recently. People have been asking me about their coaching. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was trying to sign some positive. There's a nice positive to shine on him. Um, co-made event took a half unit shot on Masa Randuba. Uh, the pick was wrong, but, you know, if you read my, and I, again, it's hard to say this because I, I wasn't able to say this, but I actually did do tape. The funny thing is I didn't do a podcast, folks, but since I didn't have to do a podcast, I actually ended up just taping all the way through Thursday to Friday. And I actually did quietly did a lot of tape on this fight. That's why I had a, a decent amount of plays because I'm like, I did a lot of tape and I didn't get in my own head and kind of kept quiet and instead of getting upset about it that I which I was upset that I wasn't able to give you guys a podcast I apologize but I was like you know let's let's fucking fire and um, as I explained in my um, quick picks and prognostications article so at least there's some written proof uh, part of my reasoning for picking the old man was that Randy Brown and I love Randy Brown higher ceiling deserved favorite not our, not disagreeing only took a half unit shot on Master Randuba but my reasoning was that Randy Brown fights close if he can't get the guy out of there. Masa Randuba, hard to get out of there. Almost got him out of there. Could not get him out of there in round one. What happened? He fought close, let Masa Randuba in round two. Could have scored it for him. There were grounds there. Um, but with the cage grab denying the takedown, which what we saw probably would have happened if that takedown did happen, um, that was a major thing, and I'm glad that John Anik did the testicle line because it needed to be brought attention to. Um, that was a changing of the fight. That was a uh, that was old uh, kill him Keith, kill him Keith Peterson did not uh, did not do me any favors. Um, you know, a guy, boy Mergliata and Herb Dean hold your beer for ref refs that uh, for one reason or another uh, end up costing Dan Thomas plays. Keith Peterson has really been on it. Um, yeah, yeah, that would that one Hoyt. Um uh but it was nice to see people acknowledge whether even people that pick and played Randy Brown saying Trinaldo was the right side and you know, people weren't crazy and and again that that's all you gotta say. That's all you gotta say. Like if I were to have been on the Maximo side or the uh whatever the t- barber or the the, the Dern side, it's like I would not feel good about those wins. I'd be honest about it. I've had those before. Not really because let's let's be honest. Again, close fights that I bet on. It's a pretty high percentage the other way for old Dan Tom because I love people who counter. Love technical strikers. Not the big punch people. Ugh. Uh, but anyways, uh, unfortunately for Trinaldo, his big punch did not land. Um, shout out to my guy, Tuman, by the way. Support the fight site. Um, 
sport to him. Uh, but yeah, um, Randy Brown takes it, man. Uh, Hayoni Barcelos defeated uh, Trevin Jones. Uh, glad to see Barcelos. He did what like a lot of us thought he would do and had been wanting him to do. Um, and uh, yeah, I just got scared off, so I didn't benefit. I should have had him in a pot. A parlay. Excuse me. I'm just going to keep blowing through the main card here, and then I'll stop for your guys' comments and keep plowing through. Sadiq Youssef defeated Don Shanis. Uh, Shanis actually, you know, looked like a fun action fighter who fights to his frame, um, and just but just got right in there in that clinch and then got guillotined. Props to my guy Aaron Brownsetter, by the way, AB from the TSN MMA show. I think he had a really good betting night. I know he had a plus 1,200 by submission dart uh, on Youssef, and, uh, you know... Uh, Showing his work, uh, you know, saying, you know, guy's going to style, might as well style on this side, these the, the kind of matchups. Uh, Shanus was a grappler, you know. Uh, I thought maybe it would be round two or round three. Yusuf would get the stoppage uh, per my uh, Quick Picks article. Um, but it was kind of just all sped up. Uh, Shanus grappled and was immediately subbed and snatched. I thought it was maybe going to be more, you know, he gasses on bottom and then, you know, Sadiq finishes him off top with elbows. Uh, but he got the guillotine finish. Um, Daniel Santos defeated John Castaneda, um, Castaneda, uh, but, uh, yeah, this was, this was tale of two rounds, man. Um, props to Willie Cat, really fun fighter, uh, props to anybody who bet him at underdog odds, of course, but, uh, this was tough because in my, and again, I, I really wish I could have talked about this more, but, uh, in my quick picks article, um, I cited the Southpaw stance, uh, and it was the uh, right hook, softball right hook, and left high kick um, that I saw being particularly potent. So, uh, Castaneda does not have a particularly deep game that we saw, but I thought it was deep enough just be seeing how the playoff of the cross to the right hook and head kicks played off of those left softball cross, the classic softball attacks, um, double attacks, check hooks, all those things. And uh, we saw that. We saw it to a T. And, you know, you could have argued a stoppage. Uh, I didn't go back to watch it. Um, you know me, I'm not really one to cry over sp uh, spilt milk. I'll go into in-depth explanations uh, where I kind of show my work and cite things that other people aren't citing per se, call things as they are. But, I mean, as far as online and the typical cry, it's not my style, so I obviously try to avoid that. But, like, um, but yeah, like, I looked really right, you know, like, I think I tweeted, like, this is what I, ah, this is what I was talking about as far as uh, the Southpaw look, but I don't know if it was the lack of depth or game planning, because those things seem to be intact, um, at least the game planning part, but I just think it might have been just, you know, you think you're getting the classic, you think you got the guy out of there, screw it, I'm going to empty the gas, the Jets, and that recoverability by Willie Cat was just insane. It's like I'm I'm in awe, and I'm definitely giving props to Willie Cat, but then it's just like, oh my gosh, when he was saying, he's like, oh, you see how I train? I'm like, oh my goodness, crazy shootbox guys. I don't know that old like uh, carryover from back in the day where like people would stereotype Brazilians as front runners, but like, I don't know, man. Like the Charles Oliveiras, the Willie Cats, like taking it up front and giving it in the back. Well, that's phrasing, Dan. You know what I'm saying here. Or like just the longtime career war horses like the RDAs of the world or the Gleason Chibaos of the world, right? Like, I don't know, man. I don't think these Brazilians are fading uh, like they were stereotyped to. Um, but yeah, so props to Willie Cat there. Uh, I'm glad they got fight of the night, so at least Castaneda got, got at least he got paid. Uh, 
Yeah, talked about Hayoni. Uh, Mike Davis defeated via Keslav Borishev. Uh, I know I wasn't the only one predicting some grappling from Davis. Um, it, that, that was my prediction that he'd pull away via the grappling down the stretch, and he did. Um, so, yeah, th that's the main card there. I'm uh, going to bust through some of your questions, and I'll bust through the rest of this card. And then a uh, quick touch on Bellator, and we'll be out of here. Um, da -da -da. Asher Quinn, not sure who you could have matched Jernyan up with. It was completely fine. Then again, I thought the fight was 50-50 before it started, so not mad at it. Fair enough. Uh, Asher Quinn adds, thought 10-8 fifth round, so scored it a draw. More than fair. Genuinely think the last 10 to 15 seconds of her getting up and standing two or three strikes uh, from bottom prevented it. She also landed strikes in the beginning of that round, too. Although it was only, uh, what was it, like 23 seconds worth of standing as opposed to the round two where she was actually landing like a minute and a half at least worth of strikes. So definitely, again, more of a 10-9 for me round two and very open to the 10-8 in round five. No no problem with how you scored it there, Asher Quinn. Um, this. Yeah, and then we go uh, Ghost Phantom. You think Jan committed to the front kick to the body early? It would have gassed Dern out in the later rounds. Uh, Jan doesn't really front kick to the body in the first place. Yeah, she seems like the sidekick, uh, more uh, oblique kick style to the knee. Um, but in her post fight, she she specifically cited a fear of head kicks getting caught. Um, and although I don't disagree with that. I'm of the school of thought that body kicks are the easier kicks to catch. When I'm trying to draw out kicks, um, have I and can I parlay a blocked or missed head kick into a takedown or a caught or even a missed uh, leg kick uh, to a takedown? Sure. But when I'm trying to get, uh, when I'm trying to take someone down off a kick or counter their kick, I want that body kick, you know. Um, a lot of people will come out and give you that body kick to set up. You know, Sitachai, some Muay Thai guys will start off the southpaw double attack that I just mentioned. You know, the cross typically goes to the head, the kick typically goes to the body, and then you hit your change-ups from there, right? Um, you don't have to, but just typically. Uh, so if I want to kick at someone, get them to kick back, I'll kick the body. Hopefully, maybe they want to kick my body back. Uh, leg kicks as well. I, I just, I'm just so weary of slipping into head kicks. It's my biggest fear that... Uh, overly slipping and overly uh, reaching down and dipping to catch a kick both kind of give me the heebie-jeebies unless I'm really positive I know it's coming um, so I, I try not to make that my first priority if that makes sense Rio Sozin Truesdale Henry Cejudo mentioned this do you think Dern has plateaued uncoachable maybe I don't want to throw any of those I know she's jumped around had some issues with coaches um, I just think she was getting overly, overly hyped for, for what she was. And, uh, I feel like she can still progress. She's still young enough to, but there hasn't been, um, notable progressions, uh, which is why even when I did pick her, it was very reluctantly, right? Um, uh, when I did play her, it was, uh, in a round robin and that's it. Not even a sprinkle on a sub prop or a round prop. Um, yeah, so I, I never really had hopes in the beginning with. I was just trying to talk sense in everybody, even before the Dern Torres scoring uh, controversy in my set, in my, from my perspective, right? Even before that, I was like telling y'all, like, chill. 
Um, so yeah. Uh, let's see. Jen and Asher are talking a bit in the chat. Jimmy Kudo, how much training do you do in your orthodox stance since you are a southpaw? A lot. We actually just today we were doing um, pass the duchy to the right hand side. I wanna I wanna hit a body angle off uh, left cross right hook and then uh, left kick to the body. Step down using the momentum to step down right cross to the head left to the liver. From an orthodox stance, of course, it sets you up right for the leg kick as they are retreating. Um, so coming forward in that combination, one I talked about here before I like to do, that kind of half moon, that step back shift into an orthodox stance as you sometimes roll depending if they're coming at you and hooking. You step back and you roll. Your right hand is loaded and your right leg kick slash right kick is loaded. Um, I... I'm actually getting better now, and I've changed up. I'm working with the. I've been actually doing striking lessons with a really uh, a really talented striker uh, slash pro fighter. Um, shout out to my guy uh, Abijah, um, and uh, we've actually he's actually been working me a lot with my stance and hand positioning, uh, footwork, everything. We're just really really picking apart everything, and uh, but keeping it to my style still. And uh, he really improved my parries for my southpaw stance to where now I can actually hit my rear-handed parry encounters off uh, open stance from southpaw, whereas before I would feel just like Stipe more classic um, rear-hand parries, uh, finish with two, you know, double pop the jab. Um, felt like my boxing it was better from orthodox because um, the striking coach I hired, uh, Bryce Rattani, who fought in LFA, he also fought pro boxing. He, he boxed Joseph Parker uh, for notable names off the top of my head. Um, I hired him for my boxing back in 2015 when I got my when I had to wear these bad boys after uh, getting my concussion. But um, I actually learned to box out of the orthodox stance with him and corrected a ton of my long-standing flaws. So I've got a decent uh, relationship with the orthodox stance. I, I actually can go quite well. Um, when I'm drilling for partners in the gym, I often go orthodox for them. Um, now that I have a camp, um, since I'm too damn nice, you know, uh, my partners are, and coaches are insisting and reminding and insisting me to work out of my southpaw stance. So I'm getting my, still getting my defensive reps. Um, but it's good because like my defense is actually, you know, not that it's good, but it's as good, um, for my orthodox stance as it is from my southpaw. Cause I'm arguably doing more defense than I am doing offense because I'm giving the orthodox look to not throw off my partner and kind of pay him back for dealing with my southpaw looks with me because, you know, not a lot of southpaws, even even today. Um, all right. Uh, last one, and I'm going to push through and knock out the rest of this recap because uh, we're almost at an hour already. Uh, Ghost Phantom, what are your thoughts on Neil Melanson's tactical turtle? Better than guard? I love turtle. I'm a big turtle guy. Uh... Huge turtle guy. Um, Eduardo T Neil turned me on to Eduardo Teles, who is a big turtle guy in the gi and out of the gi. Uh, go look up some of his videos. Like you could see, Eduardo Teles is probably like a middleweight, uh, not even a big one at that. And like you'll see him going to turtle and world champion black belt in his prime, Gabe Gonzaga, just like terrified to engage him. Uh, Neil really embraced the turtle as well because it's catch wrestling. Um, you know. 
back in the day, folks, wrestling's one of the oldest martial arts, oldest Olympic sports, however you want to break it down. Uh, it was done on stone floors. There was not mats back in the day. They did not have tatamis or fujis. Okay? No dolomers. So you didn't pull guard. You went turtle. You re-wrestled. You got back or you got back on top. You re-wrestled your ass back into the fight. Um, so I'm a big fan of turtle. You don't go there to hang out. It's very dangerous, obviously. But if you know what you're doing, uh, I, I love turtle. I'll, I'll bait Petersons. I'll re-wrestle for singles. Try to hit switch outs. Um, it's fun stuff. I will get to the rest of the questions. Alir Latifi defeated Alexi Olenek. Um, by the way, missed a... Uh, oh, no, wait. We didn't get to that one yet. We'll get to that one. Um, no, yeah, we didn't get to our plays yet. Uh, I I was thinking about parlaying Latifi, and then I, was, I had him by KO, and KO round one did not happen. Um, you know, which is no surprise, I guess. Just, you know, if he does get it, he gets it in round one, or he goes to decision. He went to decision, obviously. Um, so then I was like, damn, I wish I had my parlay with, I wish I did parlay him with, uh, Castaneda's. I'm like, fuck it, I'll just play Castaneda straight up. And that sent me into the red. I, again, at least it's, it's, it's small losses for what that's worth. Um, so hopefully we'll get back on the, uh, the horse in the coming weeks so I can pay off, uh, these investments I put in my gym. Uh, Jessica Penne defeated Tabitha Ricci. Or no, she didn't. She, they didn't fight. That fight was canceled. Joaquin Silva defeated Jesse Ronson. I took ended up taking a shot on Ronson. I was really scared because Canada has not been doing well. Um, but, uh, you know, the, Joaquin Silva, bad against Southpaws. Ronson, you know, sounded great uh, in the shape of his life. Sounded really confident. Sounded like he really liked the matchup. Was doing, was doing well. But this was an example of a Southpaw... Uh, initiative uh, being key in, in Southpaw versus Southpaw matchups or when someone tries to switch stance to mimic the stance. Um, that's that's a bad look for the Southpaw, especially Southpaw striker like Jesse Ronson, right? And not to pile on to the guy and make him feel feel worse. I mean, for the guys that terrible, like Jay Huron-like when it comes to getting a win, right? Um, so definitely not trying to pile on, but that's something I'm passionate about is whenever someone tries to go Southpaw with me, um, I immediately start kicking their leg. I'm not even a big leg kicker. I'll immediately start hacking their leg and, and, and throwing crosses and things that I'm not comfortable with because I know their defense ain't, ain't suited for it and they're giving it to me. Um, and that's what you need to do. But if you don't take that initiative, right, and you don't test their defense, they're going to test your defense. And something I try to tell people who complain about partnering with Southpaws, I go, don't complain to me, motherfucker. You know who hates fighting Southpaws more than your orthodox ass? other southpaws no one hates fighting southpaws more than other southpaws um and um and 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 we saw that um ronson's defense got shook up he wasn't sure where to go and he kept ducking into those knees uh silva's corner smart smartly spotted it from the first round toward the end of it carried it over to the second and got him the finish because ronson did not adjust he got confounded and did not take initiative you see someone southpaw stance on you. You got to, You have to play the odds because the odds are like literally even at the top level, like ninety percent of the chance they're not a real southpaw. They are not a real southpaw. You're the real southpaw. Fucking take the initiative. You know, it's something that if I picked and bet Joaquin Silva, I would be just as passionate delivering the same message, folks. So, um, just got to get that out there. But yeah, uh, Ronson play go down the hole. Um, Allen play cash for plus 100 against Christoph Yako. Brandon Allen used a beautiful Griff gift wrap 
Um, I love it. I love it. That, 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 that's, that's one of my favorite setups I love to do um, in MMA. You know, I always talk about using the head and arm threat to pass to mount, right? Uh, not only to pass to mount, but that head and arm threat, especially you use your head to steer the back of their tricep, it pushes it in the head and arm position. And what's here? Oh, a reach behind for the hand for the gift wrap, right? So uh, I love, I love that position. That's what I use to punch head and arm or uh, take the back, right? Yeah, uh, to, to take the back from that position. So um, I think uh, we saw a bunch of a la carte uh, options Alan showed on a guy like Yutko, which is not nothing, folks. So props to Alan and thank you for cashing that ticket uh, for helping stop the bleeding. Chelsea Chandler defeated Julija Storyalenko. Um, underestimated how big Chandler was going to be. Um, and un and I thought also Storyalenko was going to be bigger and more of a physical force, but she both got gassed and got panicked. I think the panic initiated the gassing is why she gassed so fast. She did take it on short notice too, but that was just ridiculously fast. I think that was panic, uh, and I'm not hating. Uh, I, I did it to myself my first sparring back. I got gassed myself the first round because I got, I got panicked. I got put in a fight mode. Um... And I didn't control my, my senses. Um, so I get it. I'm not, not hating. Uh, but, uh, you know, I did pick her and play her by sub and armbar round one at like plus 750 odds. It was there. She even got the takedown. Um, she just rushed the armbar, and uh, that's all she wrote. Um, got beat up on the feet and then pound pushed away uh, and then pounded out on the floor. So uh, Diaz's brother, uh, Diaz's sister, I should say, comes comes through if you played her. Guido Canetti came through, only played him at a half unit, um, defeated Randy Costa. I know I tweeted my undefeated streak, and again, I I put out plays, you know, last minute, day of, without a podcast. But, to my credit, even going back to my written note days, back when he fought Hugo Viana and was like a plus 400 dog, I remember picking Guido Canetti there. Um, undefeated picking him doesn't mean I picked him every time, obviously, because he's lost a bunch. That No, 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 that means I'm undefeated and picking him because I've, I've picked him to lose, too. Um, I was the only pe person on Junkie Staff Picks to pick him to beat Diego Rivas in Diego Rivas' home country. Uh, he was the only home country fighter, and I feel like people thought, oh, well, he's, he's clearly being set up to win here. And he had the very lovely um, cancer survivor story, which obviously I and I'm sure you are very sympathetic to. We should all be. Um, but you gotta you got to put those things aside. We're breaking down a fight here. And I feel like everybody, including the odds, were blinded by that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, Guido Canetti, uh, I don't pick him a lot, but when I do pick him, it comes comes through. It's just one of those things, you know, um, I don't know if so much Costa regressed. Um, I, I know people were talking about that. But for me, when I was taping this fight, again, a fight that I taped, um, when I was saying it, I'm like, I know he's older and I know Costa's younger, you know. And, you know, old Southpaw Dan, as I told you guys, you know, Dan Tom's going to be in, playing into his bias, going with the old Southpaws. Because he's an old Southpaw getting back into competition, right? But when I was looking, and again, pad work's not something you can base your fight picks off of. But just looking at the training, uh, you know, no, neither neither training situation was anything like super special to write home about. But just watching him each on the pads, you know, I was watching, you know, Randy Costley. He's got the cool gear, the cool mustache. He's got the headband. You know, he just he's in shape. He's just you know he, he's looking the part, and he looks like he really loves looking that part. You know, I'm not hating. Good looking dude, but he just. Looks like he loves looking that part, you know what I'm saying? Whereas Guido Canetti's like breaking down technique on his Instagram. Like this guy's a lifelong martial artist, like really just breaking down the game. Um, real passionate, real at peace coming into this fight. 
Um, so I really liked Kennedy there and ended up uh, ended up going with Guido and was really happy to see him come through, man. I, I I'm just you know these these fights the the Jillian Robertson uh, recent one um, for more for stylistic reasons uh, I've been getting just much more kind of emotional tied in. Um, <clears throat> I'm watching these, but yeah, uh, and then the round robin, of course, was Stoliarenko sub didn't happen. Latifi Keo didn't happen. Uh, Ronson Silva does not go the distance minus one sixty six. Which, by the way, that was the play, right? That or the under that fight, um, because that was really playable chalk for a fight in in, in hindsight, right? Uh, retrospect and Dern sub was the other one did not hit. So that recaps that card. Um, and we're not going to go through a whole recap on Bellator. Uh, I will mention some things after I get through this. Uh, the MMA Jesus. Uh, did you bet on Jan against Dern? If not, um, why are you a traitor to your people? I know, right? Oh, I feel like it. Um, no, I had Dern by sub in a in a round robin, but um, no, I didn't make any any straight plays, gay plays, or anything of, uh, in between, uh, of the sort, uh, otherwise. Um, Asher Quinn, I don't know what would be manipulative about pushing Dern. If you want to push someone like that, you probably would have to give her the worst person around her. There's a point to that, fair point. She's just not on that same elite tier. Yeah, no, she's definitely not, no. Um, See, the UFC are probably sick of their strawweight prospects getting murked in round one by Andrade. Yeah, I mean, Andrade is, is, is a beast. Love me some Andrade. Uh, Synchro Wing, are you more excited for UFC 280 or UFC 281? Uh, UFC 280, just because I know it has Du Bronx in it, um, without looking offhand. Uh, Synchro Wing adds, I'm just excited to see Whaley fight in MSG again. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely excited for that as well, obviously. Uh, Jerry Harper, I played Jan Moneyline. Props to Kenny, Kenny Florian. Uh, yeah, that's right. Ken Flo was on on Jan, wasn't wasn't he? Nice. Props to uh, props to Ken Flo. Uh, Ken Flo got some love for the sprawl shorts by my guy uh, Big Gun Brian Petrie. Um, in that I posted on on Twitter at uh, Dan Tom MMA, as you can see on the thread. Like, subscribe to the video if you haven't already, folks. Um, getting nostalgic, of course. I posted the old Corral Shogun shorts were uh, some of my faves. So thank you for. Participating Ghost Phantom says, "Hey Dan, if you see Josh Hinger around Extreme Couture, uh, you should roll with them. Definitely will, and have him teach you some awesome guillotine sweeps. Oh, I definitely will in that case. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're a guillotine guy. You know, I just had this conversation today um, about mounted guillotines. I you know, can't really, I'm not, I can't really brag about about it." Um, but yeah, uh, I hit it today. Uh, did a call my shot thing to my guy Justin James. I was talking. We we're talking about chokes. I'm like, I like. Uh, he was saying he didn't like mounted guillotine. I'm like, it's not that I don't like it. Uh, I just feel like uh, my favorite is I like going for a mounted guillotine, especially if they bridge and try to bridge out of the mount. I go for the guillotine, not so much to get it, just enough to get him to respect it, so they fight hands. And let's say I, if I go for it with my right arm. I'm going to sag off to my right side. If I go over with my left arm, I'm going to sag off to my left side. Uh, and I'll go for my right arm. I'll sag slightly off so my weight's going to my knee. So I'm kind of like in a half mount. Uh, they're not really going in anywhere. If anything, I can sit my weight on my right knee, the side I'm sagging off to. Maybe curl my left leg behind their knee so I've got some leg control, which in turn leads to some hip and bridging control, right? Uh, and as they are fighting the hands, they are A, they're worried about getting guillotined, B, 
But B, they also feel that daylight from the mount that I just spoke of. So they're like, okay, can I get out of this mount, but can I not get out while getting choked? That is two different things in two different areas to process. What they aren't processing is my free hand that is weaving nicely through like a snake, and it works fine with MMA gloves. This works in the gi. This works in no gi. That's why I love this, folks. Uh, because, again, they're fighting hands here, and when they're fighting hands, just like that uh, example I talked and posted a clip on, uh, go watch Tony Ferguson versus Lando Venata for the standing version. Tony does the standing guillotine, right? When Lando rolls, he catches him in the standing guillotine. Lando fights hands, and when you fight hands, you inherently open space between your triceps and your, and your uh, what is this, the lats or traps, whatever you call it. Um, you, you open that, that, that space there, and that, that is where the darsing hand comes through. And once the darsing hand is through and peeking out the other side through their neck, I can release that guillotine grip that was keeping them preoccupied. And cinch up, cinch. And I don't even have to sit and drop all the way off. I can maintain that mount, uh, semi-three-quarter mount position control that I've been sitting into. It's super high percentage. Uh, it's, it's, it is it's probably my most high percentage darts position in general. Um, try it. Please try it. Please get back to me. Mount, guillotine, sag off to the side your guillotine, and weave in your darts and go to town, baby. Um, Jimmy Kudo, I was rewatching Zhang vs. Juana 2 and noticed Whaley would pick up a single on a high crotch. Yep, then take the back body lock for an inverted trip off the wall. Is that hard to learn? No, I actually love that move, those series. There's a lot of series off that and things that it can feed to, uh, knee tap variations, depending on the reactions. Um, also, as pointed out by someone in the chat, uh, that shelving, the shelving move that you see off of some of these cage takedowns that we saw Zhang Weili done um, is not uncommon and perhaps not coincidence given how they're training guys, the Hickman brothers and so on and so forth, the MMA training down there at Bangtown Muay Thai. Rain Lamina, are you excited to watch Victor Henry? I'm very excited to watch Victor Henry. I'm glad he is uh, getting his shine. Um, I like, I appreciate guys who took the long road there. You know me. Um, Asher Quinn, I had Tisha by decision as a third leg of my parlay that day and was so upset. Oh, mi amor goes out to you, my friend. Uh, Piera by decision. Uh, Pennington by decision. Uh, Torres by decision. Oh, big F. Oh, uh, Synchro Wing, speaking of Tisha Torres, why is she so hard to finish? Because Tisha is uh, awesome. Uh, like Wei Li, Rose, Joanna all had their time with her. I mean, yeah, everyone was shitting on Tisha so hard from that losing streak. Look how well that aged, right? Um, and, yeah, she doesn't get enough credit for her defense or her offense. Like, people's argument in the Dern fight was like, oh, well, it wasn't impactful. And blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, well, if you rewind it and actually know you're striking and you, you know, have an educated eye, you will see A, that's that's incorrect, and B, how could anyone's theory be correct as far as Tisha Torres striking not be effective? Um, because let's like lest we not forget before that winning streak, the average Tisha Torres line was minus three fifty. Tisha Torres by decision you couldn't even get it plus money as an opener because the books know it was death taxes and Tisha Torres by decision. Uh, aside from Angela Hill in that weird fight when Angela Hill was early on in her career, so her grappling weakness was sticking way out, and it was like an elevation fight in Mexico, right? Like, 
I think that was one of her only grappling heavy wins, even on the regionals. Like it was all striking volume. It was a crazy win streak. Decision, 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 decision. Educated judges that you know the same people arguing against Torres with defending uh, for their their Dern scores. Like, okay, it's like okay, so she's not effective. How in the fuck did she get here? How in the fuck did she gain all those fucking wins? How the fuck did she gain those wins? And it was to the point where it was inevitable that she was going to get future wins that odds makers were averaging her minus 350 fucking odds. She wasn't being in an effective. What the fuck was she doing out there then? Sorry. Oh, oh, oh. Fucking garbage ass striking. Anyway, sorry. Um, Ghost Phantom, thoughts on reactive takedown when your back is close to the fence? Very tough to do. Very tough to do. Uh, being reminded of that. I was just thinking of that the other day. Um, yeah, I got pinned to the wall and sparring on my first day, and then I was getting like pan you know panic four shots because I was just fucking tired and wanted to get top position. And by that time, I was just in bad position. And ugh, it's just ugly. Um, all right, there you go. Asher Quinn, the really thing that really put me off is when UFC Twitter posted a pic of oh, this is probably when I was going on my Zuckerberg rant. Yeah, that was that was very tone deaf. Uh, when the UFC Twitter posted that pic celebrating, like, Zuck is all of us right now. Like, this whole glorification of, like, billionaires and all the weird people that, like, feel the urge to defend the billionaires is always the weirdest thing, whether we're talking about Zuck, um, Elon Musk, and his, like, never-ending uh, empty promises. I love that that gift that's been going around and rehashed, like, uh, the uh, push it to the limit. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> They're counting the money in Scarface. Like my favorite one was Elon Musk when Elon Musk invents nothing, and it's just like da 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 the money rolling. <laughs> like and then people go, oh Elon. Uh, on Twitter, you got to add that in. Um, I just pissed off a bunch of my listenership probably who are Elon fans. I'm just saying, just, there is a even if you like Elon and Tesla, you got to admit there's a really weird, like billionaire fascination in our culture, right? It's just fucking weird. Um, yeah, but I, I agree with you, Asher, on that. Um, Zhao Chu, speaking of Zuckerberg, do you know that Zhang Wei Li, Leech, and Song Yadong were looking forward to go to the Apex and rooting for Zhao Nan? Ah, oh, I would have loved to have seen those three on TV. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen them too. Instead of like Zuckerberg just like creepily just staring at them. I don't even know if I want to fight Zuckerberg, actually. I'd probably get like poisoned or something or stabbed before the match, like Gladiator style. Joaquin Phoenix would come out and just fucking shank me um jerry hopper i'm telling you bro i'm telling you the wheels are going to fall off of trinaldo at some point um yeah 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 they are but uh you know you know uh as you said so yourself on twitter my guy jerry you know the the, the which which made me feel better and i appreciate that by the way uh even like uh brown ticket was saying i was sweating i'm like yeah that that's why i couldn't couldn't play, even though I was on the fence on the pick, and so I picked the dog. I took a small shot, but uh, got to the brown people who cash, <laughs> the brown people, the people who are brown. Who got to the brown people? Sorry, uh, Ghost Phantom. You gotta love Trinaldo, even though he's a thousand years old and fighting in the wrong weight class. I know, I do love him. He, I'm telling you, man, he looks like Fred Williamson, who's like he's midway between turning from human to vampire and from dust till dawn, where he's just like leading the zombies. Like that is Masa Randuba. Here's my man, Jerry. There we go. You're 100% right about the cage grab, though. Yeah, that was a really bad one. And I'm not one to, like, harp on those things, but, like, everybody's harping on it, and, like, the evidence was kind of... It, it, you couldn't deny. Like, even... And, and props to Jerry, man. That, that, that's how... 
that's a good that's a good winner right there. Um, you know, you uh, you know, you, you got to come clean with that. Um, Asher Quinn, Yusuf round one, round two, minus 118, easiest money of my life. Nice, nice. Uh, I, I like those pl places that have those props too. Plus 200, Yusuf round one as well. Nice hit, Asher. Uh, is Dan the best low kicker in here? No way, no way. Um, man, I, I, I used to rant and rave about it all the time, but he doesn't throw as many leg kicks in his fights. But Justin Janes, man, um, He's got the heaviest low kicks I've ever eaten at at, at um, Extreme Couture. Like that would just last for me for weeks on end after getting kicked. Like it was, and that was with pads and sparring. Where it's not even a fight. I'm not going every round with a guy. Thank God. Um, we I really like Sadiq Yusuf, but God, I wish I wasn't. He wasn't training with Lloyd Irvin. Yeah, yeah, that is a uh, uh, a. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, uh, I wanted to do the uh, for old Adam uh, Carolla show radio show listeners back in the day. They would use this uh, bald Brian would use a drop. Uh, in order for Hack to reach these kids, Hack will have to become a rapist. Anyways, on that note, next question. Uh, some people are saying that Carlos Barza at plus three hundred is outrageous. Rain Lamina says, "What is your opinion on the line?" By the way. Uh, I just train and not a better, but I get that the betting is part of the game. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I'm not surprised by it. Um, I'm not going to make any grand things because I didn't break down the fight. You know me. But yeah, no, she should. It, it's disrespectful when you see the champ as an underdog, but I get it. In this case, I do. Uh, and you know me. I'm, I'm a Carlos Barza fan. Cashed for us last time. Casting out a gas beating on the dude. Yep, that's what I think too, Jerry Harper. Spart Helder. Is that like Paul Felder? Spartan Paul Felder? Is it me or is the UFC phoned in with these mediocre cards? Uh, it's not you. UFC 280 and UFC 281 seem like the best cards of the year next to UFC 75. Yeah, it's been pretty bad, the oversaturation. Um, I had heavy hands on in the background this week, and Phil McKenzie, credit uh, credit where it's due, had had a theory as far as like maybe they they're still kind of fear from from uh, COVID, from COVID and pen you know you know uh, the whole pandemic that we've. It's been a part of our lives, you know. It, it kind of makes sense from that point of view, right? Um, you know, in case you get uh, run into some kind of hiccups, you you leave yourself dates because there's a there's a unusual amount of dates, even for their uh, trend of lightening the load toward the end of the year. Um, but so you got to imagine that they just front loaded because it was freaking relentless for the first eight months. And again, with their whole contender series thing, uh, my wrap up on that, you guys know. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't hate people getting opportunities. I love the opportunities that it's created, in fact. But I don't like the lack of leverage and what it's doing in the big picture as far as labor market and uh, the overall product. Speaking to the question from Spart Helder, and we're seeing that there's people like me, Luke Thomas, have been complaining about it for years at this point at nauseum. So not a surprise. Um, all right. Ghost Phantom, what are your thoughts on kicking above the waist on the open side, since things, uh, since they are hard to catch while kicking uh, low on the clo close side? Um, above the waist on the open side, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I like kicking just above the waist. I like going liver for for, for myself. Um, and you know, I don't have a fear of the ground, so I'm not really too worried about having my kicks caught. Um, and then uh, going low on the close side, um, 
Yeah, I would prefer it. I don't like going low on the open side, especially after all the shin breaks and seeing that it's the southpaws that get the worst of it. Yeah, I'm not exactly excited to throw uh, low inside kicks at the moment, to be honest. So yeah, I am I I am okay and prefer both of those. Jimmy Kudo, that's a cool combo you mentioned, Dan. I'm gonna start playing with that. Cool. Whether it was a striking combo or the guillotine to Dars, please please do and let me let let me know, Jimmy Kudo. Um. The Angela Lee screaming of robbery. I, I saw that. I don't, yeah. I don't know about that. Um, uh, props to the to the, uh, to the uh, Chinese girl. She fought, uh, Zhang Jinan, I think is her name. I apologize if I got that wrong. Dan Tenacious Tom. I've gotten dirty Dan Tom before. Story for another day, kids. Michael Bisping of what? Oh, whoa, whoa. I almost got me there. Just like, you almost got me with Bisping. That one did flash on the screen. <laughs> wow, no, no, uh, no, 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 no. I'm a, I don't even know if I'm a white belt. I don't even know if I have any, you know, would even earn any experience. <laughs> no, no, sir, no. You're the wrong guy. Michael B. Whoa, it got me again. Look at him. You guys are, you guys are crafty. Dan Tom will read and put it on the prompter, apparently. Uh, Ronson was doing t fine until he got kneed in the head twice. Uh, two tickets and two fights that dude has cost me. Ooh, tough breaks. But hey, imagine how he feels, man. I mean, the guy couldn't get a win and got his one win taken away from him, right? So, um, yep. Mad props on the Kennedy pick. Uh, it was a 17 <laughs> round one uh, sub? No, I just uh, put point half unit on his money line. Uh, Krombopolis Rosen, how much of W? How much of a hit has WMMA taken with Rose versus Carla too? Set it back ten years. I've seen people saying that 115 is so boring after that fight. I don't think it set it back. I think that's just, I think that's that's uh, recency reactionary bias, my friend. I wouldn't worry too much about it. As awful as that fight was, um, y'all are being too hard on Dern. You see the groundwork she put in in the transitions. That's next level stuff. As soon as she learns to wrestle, uh, she loves to wrestle, she'll be unstoppable. You know what? Credit to what Jerry Harper's saying. I will say um, there was a stat in rewatching Dern has scored and attempted more takedowns than she ever had in a fight, and it was before even the third round. So that alone showed she was trying to get after it more. Even though the first round she wasn't that successful, she at least tried to get after it um, and was trying to put things together. So... She is trying, and she is working in the right direction. It is, is it coming as long as most people would like, as most people hoped, or as most people or some people thought? No. But, to Jerry's point, um, she should she does deserve some credit there. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Kudo, great point. Uh, you know, wrestling does take a long time to learn, you know. So, yeah, it... it, it to my point, what Jimmy Kudo saying, as far as not seeing the wrestling improvements you like, I still stand by that statement. I guess I'm just trying to be kind and saying she is uh, being more of a willing wrestler for what that's worth. But yeah, that's a great point to bring up Jimmy Kudo. Um, the wrestling does take a while to learn. Uh, Asher Quinn, any early thoughts on Shukagian at plus... I'm going to get out of here in 10 minutes, folks, so we're wrapping up in under 10. So get him in now. I'll get to what I can. Uh, I'm going to be wrapping up in under 10. Uh, any thoughts on uh, Chukagian at plus 160 or Chuk by decision at whatever the odds will be? Over 200 probably. Love Fioro, but super high on her, but the line still feels wide. I still got to look on that more. My early lean is Fioro, but yeah, I, it should not be a wide line either way. It should not be a wide line. 
Um, I can confidently say that. We'll see where I end up, though, right, folks? I got to get into it first. Um, let's see. The people in the replies going, this is why it was close because of all people hating on him. If anyone gives a fuck if Zuck was there normally, this is why it was closed. Oh, this is why it was closed because of all the people hating on him. If anyone, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, there is a lot of uh, defense in the replies. Um, there is absolutely, yep, there's absolutely, Asher Quinn, there's absolutely a weird billionaire fascination at the moment. Also, half of Silicon Valley seems to think Elon has the Midas touch on him. Uh, Matt Levine from Bloomberg calls it the Elon Markets hypothesis. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I definitely hear what you're saying. I definitely see that too. Um, who do you have between JHK and Casey Leitner? Are they fighting? Journal MMA fight. JHK with the edge since he trains with world-class coaches. Um, I don't know, man. I think they're kind of close in size. Like, to be honest, I think we're all kind of close in size, but I wouldn't want to fight those guys because I, I really like those guys. Um, and I hope they like each other because they're both cool dudes, man. Um, Casey looks really good, man. And so does uh, John looks super improved from what I'm seeing, too. Um, the difference is, is we we got more you got more tape uh, on Casey because he's already completed a program and completed a fight. Um, I believe he's did an amateur rules MMA fight with like the the the, the shin beds, the cage, and the whole shebang. Uh, went got 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 good mat time. What what all three rounds? I gotta imagine it's two minute rounds out there. Vegas is two minute rounds. Um, Vegas is like the closest to pros out here. It's like we've got no shin pads. We're allowed the knee to the body. We're allowed to strike on the ground. Uh, shin to chin. Um, everything pretty much except elbows in a shorter time limit. Oh, and like no reaping the knee heel hooks. But they'll still let you do knee bars and shit. So I don't know. Um, I, don't, I know I know JHK's got something I think in January or next year he's aiming for. But I'd support both those guys. And I just want to see them both do well and grow. Uh, and continue to grow. They both have grown. Um, I love it. I love both those guys. Love that they're doing it. Um, talking about a wider law, uh, labor law implications of Dana White consistent leverages. Ring, ring. Hello, hello, base department. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. Yeah. I, when I was talking about that, um, it's what it is, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying anything. In, I'm not saying anything that anybody else hasn't been saying, folks. So. Nothing crazy there. Uh, Rio Sosa and Truesdale. I saw at Extreme Couture uh, on the Nixtic Instructional what are the triangles in the octagon for. I spoke about these on a previous podcast, uh, folks, in fact. Um, that's for ring work, ring generalship, uh, closing off spaces, uh, owning certain triangles, limiting certain triangles, right? Trying to close someone off. Footwork drills, corralling drills, cage cutting drills. Uh, really cool stuff there. Um, you can do it at home with your practice space if you're trying to work in a closed area. Um, let's go, Jimmy Kudo. Well, <laughs> so based. I I guess I guess I am. I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's based. Uh, Jimmy Kudo. Well, counterpoint to the Jerry point. Um, why has Whaley improved her wrestling over improved improved it so much? Because if Whaley could learn fast so could Dern maybe or maybe it's fighter themselves I mean that's the learning everybody learns differently right uh, everybody learns differently different speeds 
Uh, some people take on a different thing, so it's it's unfair, you know. Whaley's a, a freak in the most complimentary of ways, of course, in all respect. Um, so again, it's um, it's tough to say, you know. It's tough to say. And Dern comes from a grappling base, you know. Uh, but again, you'd be surprised how many jujitsu people just don't take to the wrestling. And Dern is trying to. She is she is trying in there. So for what that's worth, uh, James Kendrick, would you ever train with? Way leave you sorry. Of course I would, but I mean it's not like I mean, some random dude, not even your size. Can I train with you? Like it's not how it works. It's not how you know. You know, it's just got to be circumstantial. You got to be in the group. Usually someone has to say, "Oh no, he's a, he's an okay training partner." Because as a fighter, you got to be careful who you train with. Everyone's trying to take your head off for their own ego. I'm a good training partner, but how can I expect anyone to know that, right? Um. Are you a fan of Victor Rolls on the cage like Gamrot does? I've been playing with that, but end up on the bottom. Of Victor Rolls in the cage like Gamrot does. Uh, I'll have to look those up, my friend. I don't have a reference offhand now. Um, is Nick Sick one of the best game planners? Um, in my opinion, I, I, I'm biased, so I'm going to say yes. Um, but I think he's made a good account of himself in that department unbiasedly um, to stick up amongst his contemporaries. I think that's more than fair. Uh, throw Dern in that Cejudo camp. Hey, it's Arizona. That's where her family lives, right? Uh, and did you know that Wei Lee is a natural grappler? She didn't get comfortable striking until her 10th fight. Um, yeah, okay, yeah, perhaps she is. But again, whether you come from a, a, a base on it or not, right? Like, GSP wasn't, and, you know, he was one of the best wrestlers, and, you know, da-da-da-da, right? So that can happen. I've seen Muay Thai people come in and just start picking up on wrestling really fast too as well uh, from the striking base so hard to say you know again that's why I'm not going to uh, overly hurt Dern I could do I take uh, eat my medicine especially anybody who tell me on the Mads Burnell pick on Bellator 280 um, 285 that was headlined by Benson Henderson uh, defeating Peter Queeley Yoel Romero defeating Melvin Manhoff um, and Pedro Carvalho pops Pedro Carvalho um, I still don't want to even if, even if it would uh, partially, you know, save face or whatever, I, I doesn't matter, man. Um, private information is private information, uh, so I'm gonna keep that private in case Mad decides to uh, unveil the thing that he wasn't able to do um, in his fight with Pedro, because uh, he wasn't able to do it. Like basically, something happened in the first minute or two, and he was in survival mode from there. Um, and what he was practicing, obviously, even before that first minute or two. Uh, we did not see, and I don't want to say what it was because it's it, it really is a great ace in the hole, not just for Pedro in particular, um, but for a lot of fighters because it's something that they haven't seen him do, and he does it quite fluently. So uh, I'm going to I'm not going to have anything new to tell you on that. All I can simply do is eat crow and uh, apologize for my end as far as uh, my confidence of that lead. And I mean, again, I shouldn't have to. You guys are all adults. You can make your own plays. But uh, I know I was very confident on my guy. I still am confident in my guy. Still a fan of my guy. Still a friend of my guy. Still rooting for my guy, man. I'm not I'm not fickle like that. But I got to come clean. I always do. Um, and I'm very proud of the coaching staff and for Mads himself for taking it on the chin, being right up front, all everybody posting right away, giving their props to Pedro and SBG. And uh, taking it on the chin, owning the loss, taking accountability for it. You know, it's easy to post, like my coach Dennis said, who also coaches Mads. 
It's easy to post when you win. It's hard to post when you lose. And they were both very forthcoming. And that's the way you got to be, man. Got to man up to your losses. So, um, Are you a fan of Rick and Morty? I think it's a hilarious show. I've not watched it probably since 2018, though, to be honest. So uh, I know the Pickle Rick reference, but, uh, you know, it's a funny show. But, yeah, I, I haven't I haven't watched much of much because uh, it's all MMA. And before we hit the hour and a half mark, I'm going to get out of here, folks. Um, real quick, actually, Bellator 86, 286. I didn't make any plays except, oh, the one play I had was Patricio Pitbull defeating Adam, Adam Borix, you know. Um, Adam Borix, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised with it being Bellator. I mean, Pitbull's been, you know, he fights at 145. He should be at 135. We're finally going to move down there. Been a pro for, what, 18 freaking years? Like, yeah, if Borix would have won, I wouldn't have been crazily surprised. But, and, you know, Bellator burned me the week before, right, with, uh, with uh, Mads, with, with Mads and the the favorites parlay that burned a lot of people because there was a lot of big favorites that dropped right on that last Bellator card as well. Perhaps it got us a little gun shy, but you gave me an over dollar discount on Patricio Pitbull uh, minus one forty nine when he opened at minus two fifty. You put him in playable chalk range. I should have fired more. Hindsight being twenty twenty, we would have been in the black if I stuck to the plays that I put out. And I didn't do the Castaneda ad, but hey, at least uh, Patricio pulled through. Didn't get to watch my guy JBC. Uh, get the win with the uh, you know with the TKO injury, but still I heard uh, JBC did a, a good account for himself up until the injury. Uh, AJ McKee, of course, pulled out a crazy one over Spike Carlisle, who came out to Hulk Hogan, which was something uh, somebody tweeted, which was funny after him posting like anti-Semitic memes and shit. Uh, and I didn't really watch much of the fight, um, any of the other fights, to be honest, so I can't say much there. But uh, good thing Pitbull came through. Um, when do you think, when you win your fight, will you yell at the camera and say, I thought you guys said I had not, no knockout power. Like, is he, uh, you know, in my fantasies, you know, uh, I used to think maybe I do the BJ Penn fist bump in the years to come, especially since Razor Ramon passed. Maybe do the Razor Ramon thing, 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 thing. Maybe you just get on the cage and get the commission pissed off at you and I get, get the photo of you doing the flex. You know, maybe you, 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 you just, yeah, maybe I'll just be fucking an emotional baby, like which will probably be, and I'll just be like one of those people who just cry, even though they won. But sad to say, end the show on this note. Um, my fight is in jeopardy, so uh, not because of anything with me. Um, I'm always dealing with stuff. Everybody is. Uh, I'm pushing through and trying to be as professional as possible, but uh, I don't know, man. Let's just say. Um, it's like you can eat your way out of a fight. We, we, we've, we've heard of that, you know, as far as people, you know, coming in over. Uh, or, or you can cut yourself out of a fight. Uh, the guy I'm supposed to fight has been losing too much weight, man. Um, we agreed to fight at 170. Granted, that was for October 8th. It got pushed back. Still 170 as far as I know because 55. Even though I should be fighting there, considering I was coming from 210, north of 210. I mean, that would be cutting over 50 pounds at that point. Uh, I don't know if I want to do that since I haven't cut weight since I'm in my 20s and now I'm closer to 40. But, um, yeah, homeboy's like been hanging out at like 156 to 159. And I asked, uh, I was like, hey, they don't let pros fight if they're too far apart. I imagine they won't let amateurs fight. Like, I'm planning on coming in at like high 160s, low 170s in shape. Preferably in the high 160s, which is coming in even under, not even cutting weight, right? It's something I would never do. But again, I'm not fighting 
uh, 170 either, even though this guy is uh, bigger, taller, longer, stronger, faster, more athletic than me. You know, we talk about it all the time, and you see this at pros. Like Some people just have it in their head. They've got to be as big as possible. And uh, I, my guy, I love him, but uh, he has it in his head. He wants to fight 45s and 55s, even though he's gigantic for 45s and you know, he's even big still for 55s, but, uh, so yeah, um, I don't really want to get into it now, but yeah, you can make of it and read between the lines what you will, uh, but, uh, I've even heard he's already asked to fight other people in the camp who already have folks bites, so, uh, fights books, so I'm a little, little mentally flustered right now, a little, little upset even, um, it messes with you mentally, man. You know, you know, I shared that Matt Mitrione, Stefan Struve video of, uh, you know, you see all the range of emotions of seeing the fight get canceled. Granted, that's a pro on fight day, but you see, you know, Mitrione get pissed and go, fuck you, fuck you, you're lying. And it goes to uh, back all the way to an emotional crying scene where he's being very compassionate and crying um, with Stefan. And man, it's it's emotional. I mean, I, I thought I was done. My days competing were done, you know, and... I get approached because homeboy needs a fight and apparently he wants to fight me. And I go get myself in the camp. You guys have been seeing this whole process I've been doing. I've already dropped 30 pounds and counting. You know? Uh, still got 10 more to go to 170. Hanging out at 180 right now. Um, and when this whole program is done that started off with 30 and is down to like 6 to 8 people, uh, including the super heavyweights, uh, who has, who have lost around 30 pounds around well once it's all said and done I will have cut the most weight than anybody in the whole program so to ask me to cut more the oldest guy in the whole whole program was already cutting the most who's already went above and beyond who wasn't even supposed to be fighting and went and dug my mindset from years on ago um and then now now I might not be fighting but I'm just like already programmed to it's I'm just yeah I don't know so I'm gonna keep training like there's a fight because even if I don't fight folks I'm not doing this shit for nothing I'm still doing my striking privates I'm still staying off the booze and the drinks I'm still staying on diet and I'm gonna see how much weight I can get down naturally back into my weight class I want to be walking in between 170 and 185 on the normal um, which I'm already in that goal, but I want to get at least comfortably into the 170s and yeah I'm still gonna see this camp through going back to Hawaii in December, but yeah, as of right now, um, my camp's in jeopardy. So, uh, yeah, it sucks. Anyways, I've talked long enough. It's one thirty-three. Uh, I'm going to get the uh, out of here. Good show, Dan. Thank you very much. Dan, the man with the plan. Appreciate it. We are rooting for you, Dan. Thank you. Alvin Yakatori, wishing you the best, Dan. Remember, MMA is not about victory or defeat, but growth in areas you never knew you had. Absolutely, I'm, I'm getting that reminder. Great reminder there, Alvin. Um, and I'm really enjoying the growth that I'm getting right now from my striking to just everything, my wrestling. Um, it's it's freaking awesome. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm going to get out of here. Jerry Harper, uh, thoughts on... You can go back and read my article for some thoughts on that. I, I, I don't have any crazy thoughts, to be honest. I'm not... Jerking them off, but at the same time, the hype is deserved. I'm right in the middle. Fair weather it may sound, but that's just the way you gotta be. Um, but yeah, you see him fight. I wanted to see him fight uh, Kizria, but yeah, we know who he's fighting now. But you can uh, look at my uh, 
last grading the winners. Um, but yeah, I wanted to see him against Kizriev and they gave him Jamie Pickett. Uh, keep your head up, Dan. Thank you, Ghost Fan. Appreciate you. Happy trading to you. Happy trading. Happy week and weekend to you all. Uh, to those listening on the Protecting Neck podcast, hopefully this is some weekend listening for you at least to kill some time. Feel free to give me the five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Like and subscribe if you're watching right now. Daniel Tom, MMA on YouTube. And uh, until next time, protect your necks.